RPS powered by Set. Welcome to the weekly review. Today we're going to discuss the concept of utopias, the ones pursued through music and art. It may seem like an unfathomable concept, especially these days when we appear to be on the cusp of a dystopia, which is why we'd like to remind listeners of the attainable principles that may lead to a higher state of peaceful existence. My name's Johan Wald. Across the table is Ben Cardew. Morning, Ben. Good morning. What a lovely utopian introduction that was. <laughs> and behind the glass, twiddling knobs and pushing faders is Rob Roman. And this is music by Les Amazones d'Afrique, coming right up. Together we must end. Together we must end. Together we must end. I'm not gonna 
That was Les Amazons d'Afrique with Heavy, which was the lead song of their new, uh, new-ish new album anyway. And the reason we are listening to them, well, not just because it's a brilliant song, but also because more names have been announced for Primavera Sound 2021 and Les Amazons d'Afrique are one of them. Um, they, they're one of those names that they were going to be playing 2020 and a whole lot of names were announced uh, for 2021 and they weren't in them. And I was quite sad because they are one of the uh, gigs I was most looking forward to. I had the uh, good fortune of interviewing one of them um, and she painted such a wonderful picture of what they were doing. And it's one of those things, I mean, I love their music and you hear her talking about how they go on stage and they fight and they give everything. It's like, oh my God, this is going to be absolutely brilliant. So they are playing and they are playing Saturday, June the 5th because not only are more names announced, we've also got the uh, daily lineups. Um, and Johan, who are you excited by? Well, uh, of the new additions, shall we say, I'm, I'm glad to see Kim Gordon has been restored back to our lineup. She is a legend and a queen of this culture, so she, we, you know, we're going to enjoy seeing her in 2021. Obviously, Kurt Vile, El Mató a un Policía Motorizado, which is an Argentinian band which has uh, come back into prominence and... Uh, they're going to be performing. Um, other names that I've noticed from just the, just looking at the Thursday. Um, Lingua Ignota Otoboke Beaver. Basically, I like it when I see names that I've never heard of before because this means that the booking team is going to re refresh my musical catalogue, my personal musical catalogue. Kilavizi, Martha, Ivy Barkakati. I'm very excited uh, who, to be seeing back again. Uh, Kruangbin. Kruangbin. Do you remember that album we reviewed? Wonderful. And they followed up, haven't they? Or they're about to release, or have they released already another EP or another? They're always working. I'm sure they will by this by this time next year. Mm-hmm. One, one of the notable things about today's lineup, um, or the additions, we should say, a lot of the electronic bands, uh, electronic acts, DJs, that kind of thing, are in, which obviously is the kind of thing that gets me uh, very excited, being very electronic in my tastes. Uh, you got Call Super back to back with Shanti Celeste, which I'm pretty sure they announced the first time around is going to be absolutely fabulous. Um, you have got Ben UFO, Blauwan, who makes like thunderous, weird uh, techno, Terence Dixon live, and uh, of course, you've got DJ Coco. How are DJ you not going to have DJ, DJ Coco? If anyone tuned into PS Live last Saturday, they were able to enjoy a previous uh, closing of DJ Coco at one of the Primavera editions, and it was m- marvelous because apparently people were connecting to the application which allows you to have a video conference in one of the backstage rooms of PS Live. This is also, the, you know, the, all these virtual. Um, platforms that are recreating the experience of going to a club or going to see DJ Coco close the Primavera sound stage, but from the comfort of your home. I'm still grappling with it, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, some people are against the notion, the concept of partying from your house uh, communally, but I think it's, it's another route which might bring us closer to some form of utopia, technological utopia. Ah, yes, Utopia. Right, but we're going to be talking a lot about Utopia today because festivals are, or can be, utopian places. And we've been thinking a lot about Utopia this week for various reasons that we are going to get onto. But before we do, I want to play a song. Um, one of the names I was really excited to be seeing uh, who has joined the lineup is Ivy Barcacati, who is a local Barcelona DJ and producer. 
um, who I was really looking forward to seeing. I love, obviously, uh, house music, the kind she does. Um, and I love local music as well. It's going to be a wonderful thing. That's kind of my early tip for anyone who wants to go and see something local. We are currently listening to, in the background, her song uh, with Furious Frank that's called Aura Si. Furious Frank, who's another local uh, producer, used to have a show here on Radio Primera Sound. I think we should uh, listen to a bit more of it. This is Aura Si by Fur- uh, Furious Frank featuring Ivy Barca-Carty. Yes. Yeah. 
That was Furious Frank featuring Ivy Barkakati with Aura C. Now tell me that wouldn't sound good, uh, sipping a cocktail as the uh, sun slips into the sea. Whenever I hear that kind of piano, I always think of New Order for some reason. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of the kind of house music that, that New Order would incorporate into their musical language. Do you know what I love is I love that that kind of vocal you get, which is like it's not a big vocal. It's nothing particularly intense, but it's really catchy, mm. you know. And it's like yeah, oh, what I see. You know, yeah. it, it's it's it sort of doesn't sound profound, but when you think about it, it's just actually what you want to hear. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, what I see now. Yes, basically, mm-hmm. it's lovely. So the reason we're playing that is they've announced more names, as I mentioned, for Primavera Sound 2021. I've been looking online to see uh, what people are saying, see what the reaction has been. Obviously, uh, some people are very pleased uh, that The Caretaker is back. Uh, Ben UFO, they're pleased. Kurt Vile and Murder Capital, pleased about that. Krungbin, as as we mentioned, Slow Tide, people are getting uh, interested. Um, and obviously some people are still sort of a little bit uh, heart hurt that there's no no word of uh, Casey and Lana. Uh, I can't I can't say anything about that, but there are more things to be announced. And one person who I'm very glad is going to be playing is Arthur Verokai. Because he tie, kind of ties into what we are uh, going to be talking about today on the weekly review. He's a Brazilian singer-songwriter who, I must confess, I hadn't heard of at all before they announced him for Supreme Sound 2020, as it was. And since then, I've listened to him quite a lot. And he's gorgeous. He's got this kind of like very sunshiny soul, bossing over a little bit kind of vibe. I'm not professing to be anything like um, an expert on him. But... It strikes me as being quite utopian, would you not agree? Well, friend? Bossa Nova or Brazil, a lot of Brazilian music is sort of inspired as utopia soundtracks. So we say, you know, they, they actually live in, they have access to the pin, the pictures of paradise that we all form in our head, you know, jungles, beautiful sea, uh, ocean, water, uh, the fruit in all their diet, etc., etc. And obviously the music made by loads of Brazilian artists reach, makes us reach those states, paradisical states of mind, especially Bossa Nova, which is the sound of summer breezes and... Um, tropical activities (laughs) although what i find very interesting um is that you know a lot of this was produced um while brazil was going through a very uh difficult period of time i mean this is from uh, an album that was released in 1972 um and uh, i'm not going to go too heavily into brazilian politics i you know i don't want to talk too much about things i don't know all that much about but they were uh it was a very difficult time for the country very authoritarian uh government and out of that came this sort of weirdly utopian music and it's like this idea that sometimes music reflects your environment and sometimes music is a way utterly of escaping from your environment obviously in one way it can be like a physical escape you can go to a festival and you're in a different place surrounded by music but also it can just be a way of creating your own world and that is very much what i think arthur verakai uh has done here you know you make whatever kind of situation you listen to the music and you're t- transported to somewhere somewhere better and you know this is it, it it sounds very cynical to say it this way but when a country when a society is going through a totalitarian regime or some form of social repression um some of the greatest music is born and uh, this happened back in brazilian history when they had a military dictatorship where tropicalia was born 
the sound of psychedelic Brazilian music and Caetano Veloso, Os Mutantes, all these bands that were reacting against that uh, totalitarian government of the time, well, we could be facing a, a new wave of a uh, new version of Tropicalia headed by someone like who we're listening to at the moment. Let's listen to a bit more of Arthur Verakai. Verakai, uh, which I failed to mention, he was also part of the Tropicalia movement. You know, he he's lived this uh, another version of the of, of a military government in his home country of Brazil. So uh, I guess these these times are not new to him. It's just it must be saddening to have to repeat the same kind of uh, bad behavior, ill behavior from those who have the power. Um, but let's keep on remembering moments of light and the closest we have been to utopia in current societies. Two years ago, Bjork performed at Primavera for the first time in the festival's history, and she did so by bring, bringing a spectacular show based around her album Utopia. Bjork, who's always been ecologically aware and has addressed themes of natural living all throughout her career, uh, was very brave by coming, you know, headlining a festival and presenting this whole conceptual album with a beautiful stage set with all these flute players and classically trained musicians and dancers. And she wore this mask. Ben, what can you tell us about the album itself? Why was it called Utopia? So uh, basically, if you remember, Volnicura, the album that came before, mm. uh, was a very harsh, difficult album 
um, inspired by um, divorce, her divorce from, from Matthew Barney. In fact, she called writing it uh, being hell. And so Von Kira was hell and utopia, or the writing of, where she called it as basically a paradise. Uh, and I got a little quote from it about the album's title. Uh, I, like, I kind of like the fact that it's a cliche, that word, i.e. utopia, has a fascistic I want the world to be like this feeling about it because it's a proposal of how we can live with nature and technology in the most optimistic way possible, which strikes me as a very Bjork thing, you know, the use of technology to take us to some sort of utopia. Um, And I really like the idea that um, she dreamed up this utopia through her music and through the videos through the album which are absolutely gorgeous and then she brought that utopia to stage i mean the stage setting was really incredible you know like this sort of i don't even know how to describe it it's almost like a leafy paradise with yeah. lots of people playing the flute on stage and it was like here's my utopia and that was quite an uncompromising gig yes. you know there, there, there were no no hits. About before, exactly no no big hits it was like right you come this is what I'm doing. This is my utopia. You see what you make of it, which I really enjoyed. Well, it just goes to show how brave she's always been and how she doesn't have to play up to any kind of expectations. You know, Bjork's always done things on her own terms. What I like about what you were just saying about how she's always managed to understand technology as a tool uh, for many artistic and creative purposes, but also to reach this higher state of utopia. And someone who is... practically half of the album, you know, who worked closely with her uh, since the inception of the songs, was Arka, who she herself is also striving for a utopia where people of uh, um, who have been ill uh, misrepresented or haven't had a bit enough visibility in arts and culture, um, she's been fighting for this, right? Especially for um, non-gender, non-binary identifying people. So that's... Um, we cannot have an, a utopia without equality and the kind of equality these two artists, Bjork and Art, Arca, have been working towards through music, you know, quiet, quietly, but not quietly, <laughs> anything but quietly, but um, constantly, shall we say. They haven't dropped the ball and it was a beautiful marriage of minds, this whole album. And as I say, being able to take it into the physical world in that way, it was a visual fairy tale and uh, it was so beautiful we actually forgot that she wasn't playing hyper ballad or all is full of love or you know all the songs that we expected to see (laughs) well do you know oddly i think that would have been wrong you know because it's like those songs weren't part of that utopia world you know what i mean it's like you you would have got the hits but it would have sacrificed something of the 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 theme of like taking to the world like because if you're presenting this utopian world how can you then go back to something from 1995 and 96 or whatever when you were in a very different kind of place? I mean, you could make it work, but I think it was just like, it was a very, very pure version of, of her theme. The other thing I really like, and this is sort of related to Utopia, is world building. Like, I love it when bands, artists create their own their own world. When you can absolutely imagine, you know, what books they like, what they wear, what they're reading, what films, etc., etc., etc. And again, this is another kind of thing that that, that Björk has always done. You know, I occasionally I see a film, and I'm like, yeah, Björk would like that film. Or you read a book, and I'm like, yeah, Björk would Björk would like that book. Because I'm not saying she's predictable. I might be entirely wrong, but there are just certain things that feel so Björky or so Björky at different points in her life. You know, she's created all these different kind of countries within uh, the Björk world if I may true true it's it's a testament to her to her creativity 
Let's listen to a bit more of these wonderful flutes because she was obsessed over the sounds of flutes and, you know, handmade flutes made out of wood and uh, flutes from different cultures and stuff. You know, let's see if we can appreciate it on our tender ears. when Björk uh, did perform at Primavera Sound presenting Utopia there was one concession to her back catalogue and it makes sense within this context as you were saying Ben she played human behaviour and we could argue that human humans or human behaviour is precisely what the only thing that gets in the way from us reaching Utopia if you listen to this out uh, this song for instance you're hearing birds you're hearing flutes you're just hearing nature and her voice trying to become part of nature she is part of nature she's human human humans are nature but our behavior sometimes our intellectual behavior gets us in the prevents us from reaching that beautiful inner state of utopia well here's the thing if i may just briefly we can think of utopia as very many things you might think of it as this place where and i'm listening to Bjorki here with a beautiful bird song and the flutes playing but i don't think you can have utopia without humans that would be a very stale utopia so that's almost like the contrast i love you know how do you create this perfect place with imperfect things, which are humans? And again, this is something that I really like in music because you can have all these perfect like electronic elements, but you've got the human voice, right? The human mm-hmm. voice is a beautiful thing, but it's not a perfect thing. And again, how do you create that into a kind of utopia? It's scary because there, we've already been seeing examples of how technology can make its own music without the intervention of humans. You know, and they're starting to design, there's many AI projects and initiatives which are building towards that. I don't know why, are you trying to leave us all without jobs? But um, but yes, uh, there's, was it a three years ago, a few years ago on Netflix, which has become quite a cultural trendsetter due to its content, um, the entire world uh, re- was reminded of a very particular story of how a bunch of human beings with their human behavior m- almost managed to establish a physical 
utopian society within the borders of the United States of all places, led by one Osho, also known as Bagwan. And if you're listening to this song, you've probably seen the documentary and it was the highlight of one of the events that they organized in Rajneeshpuram, the name of this uh, community not, uh, which has managed to dodge the cult or sect kind of tags, but it was uh, somewhere in between. Let's listen to a bit of Damien Hurado. Wild Wild Country, Osho Bagwan, with his sidekick Sheila, who actually visited Barcelona two years ago, I think, to attend a, a very interesting conference in Primera Persona. Ben, what did you think of Wild Wild Country? I thought it was one of the most beautiful documentaries I've seen. Well, it's beautiful and troubling mm. because it sort of touched on a lot of things that I think people have seen, not necessarily with, with this group, but, you know, we've seen... Um, religious sex we've seen groups you know who operate in the, in this kind of way we've seen people go out to the country to form um, their own sort of utopian communities um, it didn't seem that uh, that outlandish I mean obviously it wasn't that outlandish because it was a true story but it wasn't one of, the, one of those documentaries you see and you think well that could only ever happen in that one place ever it actually seemed quite real to life and actually I knew someone uh, I know someone excuse me who used to live uh, in Portland Oregon at the time he said he used to see them around town you know yeah. so this was a very, what do I mean? Very, very sort of true to life, if you see what I mean. And I found yeah. that quite, quite shocking. You know, also I found it very difficult because you want to sort of support them in a lot of things they're doing. You know, you want them to have freedom to, to do what they like, to, to uh, practice their, their religion or, or, or their... Well, meditation and their catharsis, cathartic... Uh um, experiments. Exactly, and you know, so many people these days do meditation, do yoga, and do that kind of things, which made it all the more shocking when some of the sort of more violent aspects come out. I mean, there was one horrendous scene, which was like, if I remember, the sort of inner circle meeting they had, and it was very violent. It was just that like, it was, it was really, really horrible. Um, and also, I found really fascinating how U.S. laws, how they were really clever about U.S. laws. You know, the U.S. guarantees. Um, right uh, religious freedom in the constitution and they were able to use this because if you are a religion in the US there are loads and loads and loads of things that you can do so like on the one hand they had all this sort of very spiritual side you know and the other they had some really clever sharp people working for them and also what I found quite incredible was you know you'd see people in the present day and these people still believed yes you know um, they were still even after all these bad things had happened they still believed in what this group stood for which was pretty incredible to see well that's what shocked shocked me about uh, wild wild well, what, what captivated me it's the fact that usually when you hear about you know places like jonestown or um, uh, david koresh in waco texas and stuff you always think ooh, religious cults ooh, stay away no it's scary and when you see survivors it's usually people who've got a very uh, a lot of trouble with self-esteem uh you know that they they're, they're, they're 
they've been they haven't been able to cope with normal society and they've had to go to these extremes but the thing that i saw in wild wild country as you say was highly highly educated people lawyers um, um, doctors uh, people who'd worked in in high finance and stuff like that all of a sudden embracing the teachings of osho and i still and i know loads of people who've got loads of his books and rational people they're not you know they're, they're not people well never mind you know it's they, they they're people who lead normal daily lives and stuff but they they listen, they read osho just like they can read any other kind of self-help guru and you know in 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 popular culture people make fun of gurus and stuff and there's a lot of these shady characters and stuff but what was visible in that documentary was actually when you have intelligence and structure and obviously financial means um then you can actually establish it because the people were going there they were working you know they were self sustained they were growing their crops they were they had a they, they had their systems in place and they were managing to be open to the public right they weren't this reclusive thing you know they were open to the public they had thousands of people coming to visit when they organized that festival and stuff so ever since that document everyone saw that or loads of people saw that documentary you start seeing different you start seeing things in whatsapp groups and chats and people sort of sharing real estate pages to buy villages for very affordable prices you know affordable in in the scope of things you know buying a village is not actually that expensive if you can organize uh, plenty of people to pitch in and and search for a, a self-made utopia that's what was interesting but what i the reason why i wanted to bring this documentary talk about this documentary again in this show about utopia is because i think someone in music saw that documentary and has been trying to create his own Rajneesh Puram and that is Mr Kanye West who we just heard before from on a song from Jesus is King Kanye seems to have seems to be investing in creating a a modern version of Rajneesh Puram but without it becoming a following of a doctrine or anything just a utopia where there's equality and there's equal opportunity Well this is one of the things right so a lot of what you saw uh in the documentary was quite attractive in a way that's what made it so scary i think you know alongside these these horrendous acts that they that they committed that are in no way uh forgivable and forgivable or pardonable there was a site which looked quite nice you know it looked quite nice to sort of go out there into the country and go be with like-minded people and go meditate and that kind of thing and who hasn't felt like that at, at some point you know and what can you is doing uh it seems lovely doesn't like sunday service the that presume you're talking about gone expand well when they did that they 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 did that performance at uh, last year's coachella it was all of a sudden all of the choir was dressed in these kind of faded bergen uh, faded aubergine colored uh, sort of pajamas and robes which was similar to the orangish color from the the sanyasins which were the followers of osho in rajneesh puram i call them kanyasins kanyasins <laughs> and it's like oh okay so this 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 is obviously a visual reference i i can get it i can just you know kanye sees everything in pop culture so you could see that this is a possibility but then the fact that he's been having all these meetings with architects with uh, you know at the roden crater with james turrell turrell and the fact that he was building here this uh, these uh, low income sustainable homes these domes which were inspired by 
the 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 homes of Luke Skywalker back in Tatooine in Tatooine in Star Wars, uh, which which sadly got demolished because he didn't have a building permit and his neighbors were complaining, kind of like what happened to the Osho and all the people in Wild Wild Country when they were facing backlash from, you know, people in Oregon, the neighbors, including uh, Phil Knight from Nike, who was like, I'm not having this on my backyard. You know, these weird hippies walking around with machine guns. What is this? <laughs> so I think Kanye was like, he saw it clear. It's like, he's got the power. And this is why I kind of forgave him for going to the Oval Office to have that, that horrible clown meeting with Donald Trump um, but I could see how having the president and the White House on your side to create this uh, ambitious project is a is a hell of a chess move when it you know because Kanye's not stupid and he's got very good advisors and he's seen what what happens to a powerful black entrepreneur when they get too powerful uh, it's it, 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 there's always some 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 glass ceiling shall we say so Kanye's this is why I'm, I wanted to talk about it because I think that all, all he's been doing, all these brash moves, is now that he's got his head sorted and he seems to be conv convinced he's a messenger from the God he believes in. Um, this is his his life's work, shall we say, creating this this world of equality or this uh, subculture. It started in Calabasas, but he's been buying land in Cody, Wyoming, and he just keeps buying hectares and hectares of land. And uh, obviously he's talking about bringing fac factories to build his Yeezy products uh, using um, American workforce or using, you know, giving African-Americans opportunity, giving opportunities to um, African-American um, prisoners who've been wrongly, uh, wrongly or unjustly given harsh sentences and stuff like that. You know, Kanye's trying to work in all these different areas of social equality. He's got Sunday service as his, as his um, window, shall we say. And obviously then there's the, the whole Yeezy corporate stuff, which is, you know, the financing of this utopia. So he's one to watch. By the way, happy birthday, Kanye West. Could I just say, though, before we go to that, so Kanye West wants to create this. Who do you... It, do you think he sees himself as the leader? Oh, he can't, he can't be anything otherwise. You know, his ego is is godlike. Yeah, he he is our modern day Osho, shall we say? Even though his values are not always tied in with spirituality and stuff, you know, he's he's a he's an icon for consumerism. Um, he he wouldn't let anyone else take his throne, even though he's being wise by letting other generals, shall we say, occupy the different his different. Um, frontiers of conquer shall we say he's got Virgil Abloh handling luxury and uh, you know all that kind of revenue uh, he's tied in even though he's independent and if Virgil works on his own but it's you know they're, they're part of the same team who we says say. Sheila well you see I think uh, what's Kim's mother uh, Chris Kardashian Chris Kardashian I, I don't know uh, she's got the the mother of Kim Kardashian. I mean, I, I, I haven't been keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm afraid uh, I get lost with so many of them. There's Chloe. There's Kim. There's Kendall. There's, I don't know the, the mother. Chris. Chris Jenner. Yeah, Chris with a K. Chris Jenner, ex-wife of O.J. Simpson's best friend. Um, <laughs> but she's the kind. She's got the psychology of a Sheila. She's kind of like Sharon Osbourne. She's the the wise woman who's 
helping Kanye or who helps whoever helps her daughters build this incredible empire, multi-billion dollar cosmetic empire and everything based on no talent whatsoever, just uh, just um, image, shall we say. And um, that's those are very powerful allies in this mission that Kanye has um, proposed. Okay, should we have a listen, a listen to a little bit of this song? Yeah. Everything we need. Just switch your attitude Go ahead, level up yourself This that different latitude Life too short, go spoil yourself Feel that, feel, enjoy yourself Cause we have everything we need Switch my attitude. I'm so, I'm so radical. All these people mad at dude. This for who it mattered to. What if Eve made apple juice? You gon' do what Adam do? Or say, baby, let's put this back on the tree. Cause we have everything we need. Everything we need. That's the important thing about uh, creating a physical utopia. Just self-sustain your own food. Everyone dedicate work. You know, when you read about uh, scriptures on utopias, uh, there's always it's always usually a recurring thing. You know, grow your own food, uh, cultivate your own food. You know, make sure that all the day's work goes into providing for you and your community, and uh, leave some time in the day for catharsis and trying to reach a higher plane of existence through spirituality, through making music, through creating a dialogue with one another, through um, pursuing a higher power, shall we say. I sound like a guru. I've even grown the beard. I'm going to wear a tunic into work, Ben. I feel like I'm going to get my Osho game. I'd love to be one of Kanye's priests in his Kanye Puram out there in Cody. And I will be your follower. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Can't uh, have my children, though, because that's bad. So I wanted to talk a bit about Alexi Perella, right? Because, um, are, are you familiar with your work of Alexi Perella? Not at all, but this is why I love being your friend. Right, an electronic music producer used to produce things for Reflex back in the day, uh, as Ovka used to make really weird, like uh, brain dance music, Aphex 20 stuff. And a few years ago, um, he started working with something called the Kalundi Sequence. Mm. Okay, now the Kalundi Sequence is, it's a bit hard to explain, but basically, if you think of like the normal scale of music, right, you have notes, CD, EFG, etc., um, that are based on frequencies, right? And it's basically, it's fairly arbitrary, you know, where you say a note is, okay? Because you say, okay, C is this many, this frequency, okay? Uh, and then D is this frequency, etc. But there's loads and loads of possible notes in between them, okay? So basically what Kalundi is doing is a scale, but not like the traditional one, okay? So you think, okay, well, that's, 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 that's fine. That's quite not normal, but you can sort of get that. So I was I was listening to Kalundi and I went to um, 
investigate this a bit further. And there is a whole way of thinking behind Kalundi. It is not just a scale. I thought, okay, it's just him sort of, you know, playing with his new scale. But basically, they see Kalundi as a way of life. Him and Grant used to run Reflex Records. They have this whole... No, I'm not going to call it a faith, but like beliefs around Kalundi that basically these scales can improve people. So these scales can help to bring about peace, uh, common purpose, unity, balance, etc., etc., through uh, music. Which is kind of interesting. You read some of the interviews um, that Alexi Perella met, uh, has, has done, and he, he talks a lot, but he very passionately believes in it. Um, and. Some people say uh, that Kalundi is a cult. And the reason I can say this is because they've addressed this themselves. They say uh, in this Kickstarter, which I'm going to talk about, some say it is a cult. It is a social group with novel beliefs and practices. So what they did a few years ago, okay, they've released loads and loads and loads of music using the Kalundi sequence. I mean, he releases like an insane amount of music. There's something like... I think about 25 Kalundi albums which have come out in the past few years and a few compilations. Absolutely wonderful music. I really, really recommend it. And then a few years ago, uh, they decided they were going to take it further and they launched a Kickstarter uh, because they wanted to create a Kalundi Sanctuary Embassy Community Example Retreat Festival mm -hmm. Hub. Basically, they want to buy a piece of land uh, in fact, several pieces of land on every country on Earth so they can link together and grow. I'm quoting, Kalundi can encompass everything if we want it to and vice versa. Level 9 Kalundi frequencies will be physically incorporated into the property somehow. Uh, for example, struck metal bars, looped radio broadcasts so it can be heard on site. And basically the idea is if you if you contribute to this, um, they you know the idea was to start off with one Kalundi site which would be dedicated towards uh, Kalundi. I should say they didn't actually reach uh, their goal so as far as I know yeah. that that's not going to happen. I mean oh. their goal was pretty ambitious it was uh, 26,578 euros I'm guessing that's like $30,000 on that um, and they reached 4,000 euros which isn't bad but as you can imagine people reacted a little bit strangely to this you know people have talked about it being a cult, they've talked about it being all kinds of different things. Now, I was lucky enough to meet up with Alexi um, last year. Yeah, it was. It was last year um, to interview him about it. Um, absolutely lovely man. Genuinely lovely person. Um, and you could sort of see how really, really happy he was. And I asked him a little bit about this project. Uh, and I think we're going to play a little clip of that interview when he talks about it now. In um, 2015, Glant uh, Grant, sorry, Claridge Wilson, um, who ran uh, Reflex Record, he launched a Kickstarter to buy a piece of land, basically in the name of Kalundi. What, what was that about? Um, it's not only one piece of land. There's loads of different bits of land uh, in different continents. The idea is to have Kalundi land on at least on every continent, and. Yeah, it's really a question for Grant, this one. But I, I've been to the um, the Kalundi Sanctuary in Cornwall. And it actually feels amazing there. It feels like Kalundi land. Some, somehow it's just, it's magical. 
That was Ooh. Alexi Perella talking about Kalundi Land. Um, uh, there's a full interview with that. You can find it on online noise somewhere. Um, can we listen to a little bit of Alexi Perella? Yeah. This is uh, hum, uh, off one of his Kalundi albums. It this is the catchily named UK seven four R one five one two one one zero. Listening to the weekly review hosted by Johan Wald and Ben Cardew with Rob Roman at the controls. We were talking utopia and how mm, at the beginning of the show we were saying how Primavera Sound is kind of like a pop-up utopia at the forum. Well, good news is, even though we're we've been talking about Primavera Sound 2021, we forgot to mention, well, we didn't, we were saving it till the end. The good news that we also presented yesterday, and it's that the forum is going to host a bit of a micro-utopia, uh, because Primavera Sound, along with uh, Apollo and all the booking team behind Apollo, Nitsa, Primavera Sound, and all the other promoters who host musical nights at the Apollo venue, are going to take over the forum all throughout July until September. 
uh, where, with an artist playing each night. It will be one show per night. There's people, main, it's all local artists. So it's a great way of for well everyone involved to promote and support the local music scene. And it's not just the kind of artists that you're used to seeing in a lineup like Primavera Sound, for instance. We've got Ferran Palau, Cecilio G, Cecilio G, sorry, Leiti Sene, uh, Los Puncetes, La Mala, Cristina Rosenvinge, Triangulo de Amor Bizarro, Pavla, Mujeres, etc. Mishima Heinz, um, Heinz, who we had a listening party with last night uh, around their album The Prettiest Cursed. But there's also going to be nights hosted by Somos Las, Churros con Chocolate and L'Ambiente del Forum, which are parties that are, um, shall we say, focused on the LG TB community, uh, but they're obviously open to everyone and it's wonderful fun. There's also going to be uh, flamenco programming with some of the biggest names in Spanish, well, in, in, lo, in flamenco, Diego El Cigala, Ketama, El Guillo, Capullo de Jerez, etc. And there's the, what, what I think is going to be quite unexpectedly great fun is the classic tribute night. Yay, <laughs> tribute to Aretha Franklin. Uh, to Queen, to The Cure, to Amy Winehouse. Have you ever been to see a tribute band? I have. I have on some occasions, and it's great fun. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, you don't go with the same critical, chin-stroking expectations as when you go to see uh, someone like Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever, who've signed our album of the week, and we're going to be talking about briefly. Uh, you know, you go with your low expectations to have a great time, and just you're hearing the hits, classic songs by very very excellent capable musicians who managed to recreate the illusion that you're actually seeing uh, the closest thing to Amy Winehouse that you're ever going to see. And is Johan Wall DJ a Johan Wall tribute? Or uh, <laughs> is that the actual Johan Wall? That's the actual uh, guiltiest charge. I've, I didn't realize I've been included in the lineup. Uh, there's loads of the Primavera Sound team who are going to be um, DJing at the Aperol Corner, shall we say, the Aperol DJ set. Uh, next to the sea, I hope. Uh, I should pass my rider. I have a list of demands, <laughs> booking team. But yes, uh, we're going to be we're going to be DJing, and there's going to be all these artists playing at the forum, which is, as I said, the closest thing to a utopia that Primavera Sound can offer in these times of uh, social distancing. And do you know what? It's going to feel so damn utopian actually being in the forum and watching live music I am so up for it like I was just thinking the other day how, how I would almost kill to go to a gig and luckily I wouldn't have to and also the distancing is going to be brilliant because it's a massive venue you know this is how trendsetting Primavera Sound is you know now that uh, social distancing is a major key factor in logistics when organizing live music, etc. Uh, we already had the forum. We were already whining for years about how the distances kept getting bigger. You had to go all the way from Primavera Stage all the way down to uh, the beach, empty uh, the beach club, and it, it was you know you, you could spend like half an hour getting from gig to gig. But now it's actually convenient. But no, it is only going to be one stage in the summer edition. Next year we'll go back to a new normality. But yes, um, so that's been that news. And uh, as I mentioned, Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever, the band from Melbourne, uh, have made our album of the week. So I'd, PS Life is this new thing. I am getting around to it, don't you worry. It's this new thing that basically Primavera Sound is doing where you can like see lots of, so like Primavera Sound friendly materials. You can see gigs uh, from previous festivals and you can watch them and, and chat along and basically that kind of thing. And one of the things we've been doing is various sort of uh, listening parties. 
And you did one with Heinz uh, last night that was absolutely lovely, talking about their new album. You also did one with uh, Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever. This was uh, a couple of weeks ago, just uh, before the album came out. Yes, right right before the album came out, and, um, and we got to chat with the band. And the reason why... It's obviously album of the week because it's a fantastic album that was released last Friday. Um, the title of the album is Sideways to New Italy. Titled so because New Italy is a part, uh, is a town, is, a, is an area in South Wales, Australia, which was kind of built up or had a strong, had a large um, migrant community from Italy especially Venetians, uh, people from Venice. So all of a sudden you go to this place in the middle of the of South Wales in Australia, you know, this oh. desert land, and all of a sudden you've got these Roman uh, Roman pillars, of marble pillars, and, and there's all these sort of aesthetic signals of Italy, shall we say, statues and things, and obviously restaurants and the kind of life that uh, Italian immigrants always manage, leads, manage to successfully establish anywhere they go in the world, right? You've got Little Italy in the United States, etc. So... Part of the fact that uh, one of the band members has uh, Italian descent, two of the band members, the Russo brothers, um, it was an example of how, you know, these Italians travelled all the way to a faraway land in Australia to create their own sense of utopia, right? Home away from home. And they brought their identity with them and they created this. So this is one of the inspirations behind the title, which is perfect for this week's show. Do they do they talk much about about the the concept of, of the album and uh... yes they did well they they, they reaffirmed uh, that that I just uh, this this whole concept about finding finding yes the state of, of utopia and grace obviously they're extrapolating it through their entire uh, activity right making music as a way of searching through, uh, for utopia the fact that the songs sound sun-kissed and paradisical is uh, is almost uh, uh, by default shall we say. Um, it's it's a sound of the summer. It just sounds obviously. You can imagine them driving around Australia with surfboards on the top of the car, looking for the perfect wave. You know, surfers are constantly living in pursuit of utopia. Perfect waves next to the water, eating fresh fruit in the morning, that kind of stuff. Beautiful. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna play out with Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever. Just a reminder that new names are out for Primavera Sound 2021. There's going to be gigs at the Forum this summer. Come down and go to them. You can also see what days people are playing in Primavera Sound 2021. Yo Hatton Wall DJ <laughs> is going gonna, is gonna to be playing and he doesn't take requests. Um, uh, so yeah, we, this has been the weekly review. We will see you again next week. We've been talking about Utopia. I hope you're all as well as can be. And we're going to play with Rolling Black, uh, play out, I should say, Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever, Cars in Space.
to Radio Primavera Sound. R.P.S. 